Sluts and Scholars, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Slutty scholars, have you bought your tickets yet to my live show, Afternoon Delight? They are running out, so don't delay. It's happening February 10th in Hollywood, California, but you can also purchase a recording to watch from anywhere in the world. Just go to adlive.eventbrite.com for tickets. The link is also in the episode description. I am hosting this event alongside some of the country's top sexologists and podcasters who also happen to be past guests on this show. Dr. Tara of the Love Bites podcast, Dr. Nazanin Mowali of Sexology podcast, and August McLaughlin of Girl Boner Radio. Between the four of us, we have the tools for having and maintaining great connection and satisfying sex, and we really want to share them with you. Afternoon Delight will feature intimate interactive conversations plus audience Q&A, all designed to help you bring more sizzle, realness, and fun to your sex life. And the swag bags are amazing. We've got some great sponsors like Beducated, Coupley, and Eroha. Just go to adlive.eventbrite.com to grab your tickets for in-person delights or at-home viewing. That's adlive.eventbrite.com to grab your ticket today. It's a perfect Valentine's or Galentine's event or gift for anyone who prioritizes pleasure in their relationship or wants to. See you there. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I'm excited to welcome Danielle Bezalel. She is the creator, executive producer, and host of the Sex Ed with DB podcast, a feminist podcast bringing you all the sex ed you never got, centering LGBTQ plus and BIPOC experts. Danielle earned a Master of Public Health with expertise in sexuality, sexual and reproductive health from Columbia University. Definitely a scholar, uh, slutty scholar, probably. Uh, so <laughs> welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much. It's so uh, great to be here and so nice to hear your bio. You're like, oh, shit, I did do that that stuff. That's cool. I know, right? It's nice when someone reads it back to us and you're like, yeah, I've done a lot of stuff, haven't I? Yeah, it's really, really sweet. Thank you. Um, okay, so since you're informed about public health and sex ed, um, I'm super curious what we are seeing in the current state of sex ed in this country. Like, obviously, you do a lot of sex ed for people who didn't get the sex ed. And most people in, I want to say our generation, I'm not positive what yours is, but like th 30s, uh, you know, didn't have comprehensive sex ed. How are things like, are they getting better? Are they getting worse? <laughs> How how are things going? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I I am thirty one, so yeah, thirties. I think yeah, growing up in middle school and like early two thousands. Yeah, when I was a kid, very much growing up on Long Island in New York, uh, public school, 
it was pretty trash. Uh, yeah. Sex ed. <laughs> we had uh, basically just a couple lessons on STIs, and like they showed the pictures of how scary they were. Uh, we maybe learned about anatomy, but like definitely didn't talk about the vulva, definitely didn't talk about the clitoris, no pleasure, no masturbation conversations, yeah. no queer inclusivity, none of that, right? Um, and it is getting a little better, I would say. Uh, usually what I do when I share the state of sex ed is I pull up stats from the Guttmacher Institute. So um, like you said, very scholarly, very slutty Guttmacher. Um, and what I is, kinda, What is Guttmacher? Great question. So Guttmacher is- uh, That sounds like really, a fake thing. <laughs> it's not fake. Um, it is very real. G-U-T-T-M-A-C-H-E-R. Yeah, Guttmacher. Uh, Guttmacher, yeah. The good maker. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and they- basically are one of the leading research institutes on all things sexual health policy, okay. uh, as well as sharing kind of like what's going on in terms of which states in the U.S. specifically are mandating certain kinds of sex education and topics within sex education. Okay. So if you Google Guttmacher uh, sex ed USA, you will find the same page that I'm looking at if you're interested. But And they have a lot of stats, but here are some stats that I usually like to share. If you go to this Guttmacher page, um, you'll see that these are stats as of September 1st, 2023. So a couple months ago, realistically, nothing really has changed. Um, maybe one or two like of these items have changed, but mm -hmm. most of all, everything is the same. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you need to know is that 38 states and D.C. mandate sex ed and or HIV education not terrible. That's that's good, right? But when we kind of dive into... Like, what does that actually include? Exactly. Only 18 U.S. states require program content to be medically accurate. Yikes. Why Yikes. is that not a full 38 of them? So, like, what... You know, you have to ask yourself, like, what's going on in those other 20 states? Are they just kind of like, sure, it's the stork. Ed, but It's the stork. Right. But, yeah, so that's not great. Um, and then when we also look at other stats, we see that 20 states and D.C. require that information be provided on contraception. Wish it was more. Uh, and, ooh, rough stat coming at you. Good news and bad news. Here we yeah. go. So 39 states and D.C. require that information be provided on abstinence. We want that to be an option for people, right? Like many people need to know that absence is a perfectly good way to continue your life. You don't need to be sexually active. However, 29 states require that abstinence be stressed. So that means that when, when we're getting taught sex ed, right, abstinence is one of those options where the teacher is like, and I highly recommend this one because this somehow is morally better or this is more important than the other options or this is, you know, you're a better person if you engage in abstinence, right? So that's where we kind of get a little dicey. And Wait, then, so just to highlight one second, yeah. you said only 18 require medically accurate. Correct. It's wild. Wild, right? Like I, I knew, I knew this, but when I hear it again, it's just like shocking. Problematic. To think about, right? Like, yes. when you, like you said, like, what are they teaching? And, and if you're from one of the, the non-18 states, um, which I don't even know which ones they are, like, please right. write to Sluts and Scholars or tag us on Instagram. Like, I would love to know what you were taught where you're like, what was that? 
Exactly. And the cool thing is on this page on Guttmacher, Mm -hmm. they do kind of show you like what exactly is happening in each of these states. Um, They have like a big grid where they show all 50 states and D.C. And they show, okay, is sex education mandated in this state? Mm -hmm. How about HIV education? Must it be medically accurate, age appropriate, culturally appropriate and unbiased? Can it promote Mm. religion? How many are in that one culturally appropriate and unbiased? Very few. Very few. (laughs) Ten, actually. Wow. Um, They have information on whether or not it can promote religion um, in or or sorry, they say cannot promote religion and then they check it off. So in California, you cannot promote religion uh, in sex ed. And then they have information on the parental role. If the parent has to give consent or if they're allowed to opt out. Mm. 35 states plus DC allow opt out. So parents, if they so want the to. So the state can require this, but parents can say no. Exactly. So it's kind of like, oh, that's a loophole. Um, and then one more stat that I wanted to share was just around, or actually I have, I have two more if that's okay. I find yeah, this very the, interesting. No, this is, I mean, it's depressing and interesting right. and important, right? Totally. Because I think, Sometimes we forget or I forget because I live in this like sex education bubble. Like it's right. it's good for me to be reminded of like how many people are still not getting this information because sometimes I'll like be talking about things that, you know, like my, my listeners are, are quite diverse in that like some people are are slutty scholars, right? Like they they know what's up. Um, other people are maybe listening and learning about sex sometimes for the first time. So I try to kind of give some information for both, but it's a good reminder for me when I'm working with clients or educating folks about just like how little people know. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. I forget what I like all that I've learned yes. and I'm just like, Oh, you know this, right? And probably not. Is probably the answer, not. Right? Yeah, probably like, not. It's wild. Like how many people DM us with like, I mean, maybe I'll put it out to you to take a guess, like how many, or what, what do you think is like the most common question that I get. And I'm sure you get something pretty am similar. I no- am I normal? <laughs> That's a really good one. But unfortunately, the most common question is, am I pregnant? It's some really? form of like, can you through my phone, through the internet, tell me if stranger, I'm pregnant. <laughs> tell me if I'm pregnant. And like, that just goes to show you, right? Like, I'm laughing because it's just like so bad. It's absurd. It's absurd. And it's really sad, honestly, that yeah. like, a stranger on the internet. And I'm, I'm honored, honestly, that people like come to me. I'm sure that they reach out far and wide, or maybe they don't, maybe they're like, Oh, this is the only person who maybe I have come yeah. across on, on mine who maybe could give me an answer. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's unfortunate. Cause I'm like, I can't tell you that. Like I can only give you information as to like how pregnancy happens. And like most often people are like the condom just broke. Am I pregnant? And I have to be like, that's not how pregnancy works. Um, I highly recommend that you uh, consider, you know, looking at options around uh, emergency contraception. And, uh, you know, basically, like, it's important for you to see a medical provider in person. Like, I cannot tell you, I cannot give you medical advice. And I cannot, like, tell you what to do. And I certainly cannot tell you whether or not you're pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just that, like, anxious WebMD spiral, yes. right, where people are like, I need an answer right now. Right. Yeah, totally. And they're like, oh, we didn't have sex, but like he touched his penis and it, and then he touched my vagina. And I'm kind of like, 
it's a, if sperm is near the vulva, there is a possibility of pregnancy. Is it probable? No. But is it important that you yeah. know that it's possible? Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's just like a, a little anecdote. But back to Guttmacher, because we have a couple more stats that I want to yes. share. So when it comes to speaking of condoms or contraception, only 19 states require inclusion of information on condoms or contraception. Only 19. Only 19. Um, and then when we're talking about like life skills, right? Like relationships, prevention of... Oh, date- how many states is that? Like two? Oh boy. Okay. Actually, you'd be surprised. It's actually more than the contraception. So oh, 35 yeah. states and DC require provision of information about skills for healthy romantic and sexual relationships. Um, so that's, that's good. Um, and but again, it's so, I don't know how you feel, but to me, like, it's not like I'm hearing that there is a potentially on paper things of the, what you have to include, but do they get specific about what that means? Totally. Right. Because Which if we don't know if 10 different schools read, okay, we have to have information about like quote unquote healthy relationships, that's going to be 10 different programs. Right? right. And so there's, I'm hearing that there's still, there's not like a you know, objective trained thing. Um, and, and I don't know if you know this, but with the Guttmacher thing, like, are they requiring who is teaching it? Mm, really good question. No. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like it, it, in a lot of schools, like this, like health class gets cut and like, it's the gym teacher, right? Like it's made fun of in Mean Girls for a reason. Like yeah. this is a lot of people's reality. But that's reality. like still happening. Yeah. It's still happening. Some like the football coach was my sex ed like teacher. Yeah. Like, mine was our, a- our male math teacher. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We fortunately did have a, a health teacher um, who I think I like had a crush on as a 12 year old. That's a whole other thing we need to unpack. Um, <laughs> we can but, get to it. Yeah. He was a legitimate health teacher. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like the football coach thing is a common trope for a reason. Like a lot of people did have their, their sports coach as their health educator. Um, and then a, a positive note that I'll share is that again, take this with a grain of salt. We don't know how this is being taught. However, the fact that this many states requires this is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. 40 states and DC require prevention of teen dating violence and sexual violence to be covered. So like clearly, obviously. It should be 50. <laughs> should be 50, hands down. Um, which, and- are the, which are the ones that don't, you know? <laughs> should we should we take a peek? Yeah, I'm just like, maybe not all, but I'm just curious, like, which of the states do not require information about teen dating, about dating violence and assault? I don't think that I have that information. Oh, wait, wait, give me a second. I might. Let me let me do a little scroll. Sorry to put you here. on the spot. But oh, I'm yes, like, I found so it. I found it. Uh, Kentucky does not require that. Uh, Nevada. Okay. Um, Oklahoma. Pennsylvania, surprisingly. Interesting. Um, I like... I don't know if someone has done this and if you're feeling very scholarly, uh, please send in your data. I'm curious. I'd be curious like what the rates are percentage wise of mm. teen dating violence and other things in states where there isn't education versus where there is. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you framed it in that way, because what we do know as public health experts is that in states where abstinence is required, those states have higher rates of unintended pregnancy and STI transmission. So I would imagine... (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Yep. I would imagine that similar uh, logic applies. 
Yeah. That's the thing that's so frustrating, right? Is it's like, I know that parents out there are scared. I know those parents probably didn't get any sex education. I know that there are people out there who are coming from all different cultures and experiences and belief systems and all of that. And um, it's still so frustrated when like science and research is ignored, right? To show that like, yeah, we're on the same page here in certain ways of like wanting to protect and have our um, our young ones like be safe. Um, Let's look at the actual ways that that can happen. And Mm -hmm. there's still is this nonsensical, non-research informed fear response. Um, And so in my opinion, it's, you know, people are in fight or flight when they're thinking about this stuff. And when Mm -hmm. we're, you know, I guess I don't want to generalize, but this is my opinion that like when we're in fight or flight, we're not thinking necessarily logically, relationally, whatever. We're just thinking like survival, you know, the very base part of our brain. Um, And so it's just hard to even be reasoned with. Um, And it's, people aren't looking even at the, at the facts. It's wild. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's also just so tough because I think like the internet obviously is an incredible thing that we are lucky to be alive at the same time as the internet. People it's have- It's also kind of the devil. It sure is. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> That's the like, devil. What is that from water? Is it water boy? Water boy. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin is the devil. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just like basically the fact that there is so much miss and disinformation on the internet and there's not a really great system to really like fact check that is really a bummer mm-hmm. and it's a double-edged sword because it's kind of like okay like well if i'm gonna go on tiktok and like create content um and i am a sex educator who is trained from you know columbia to get my master's i'm creating information on condoms I get shadow banned, right? Because Mm -hmm. I like, even though I am putting out medically accurate information, the algorithm doesn't like that. TikTok. TikTok does not care about medically accurate information. They don't. I mean, that's what sucks. Is (laughs) They're not one of the states listed here. Right. And then someone can go on and just like spout some bullshit about like, oh, here's what you need to do to keep your man. Three things, right? Where it's just like, this is harm, yeah. actively harmful like relationship information. Yeah. Um, and Ignore so, him. Don't respond yeah. to his text messages right away. <laughs> yeah, play hard to get. Um, yeah. Be a so bitch. Yeah, just, it, it's just kind of a bummer to like want to really be able to like disseminate as much information as yeah. you can. And it's just like not a reality that works all the time. Yeah, I mean- I feel like we could get on our soapbox about this like for for long periods of time. Right. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's so frustrating and it's hard to know like how to get around that. Totally. Slutty scholars, guess what I just did? A sexy wrestling class for lovers. Okay, let me explain. So my partner and I are gearing up for Valentine's Day and we've been feeling a little disconnected lately. Even though I do sex therapy and education for a living, I still have to put in the work to maintain connection as we all do. Something that really helps us is Beducated. Beducated is the biggest pleasure-based sex ed resource in the world with 100 plus courses covering everything from self-pleasure to kink exploration. If you sign up for Beducated now and use code S&S, you'll get 50% off the yearly pass. 
So my partner and I, we take turns picking a video from Beducated, and today we chose Play Fighting, Wrestling for Lovers by a friend and past podcast guest, Lola Jean. Y'all know I love to be playful, and this was a super fun class that helped us to learn how to do some sexy wrestling more safely and to gain more fun, trust, communication, and connection with each other. It was awesome. They have classes for singles and partnered folks, and it's a great Valentine's gift, but I encourage you to lean into a pleasure practice on all the days of the year. So go check out Beducated now at beducated.com. That's B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, beducated.com, and use code S&S to get 50% off the yearly pass. You can even have a 24-hour free trial period, and they also offer a generous 14-day money-back guarantee. Beducated is also an amazing sponsor of our upcoming live show, Afternoon Delight. So if you're coming to the show, let me know how your Beducated classes are going. Beducated.com and discount code S&S. The link is also in the episode description. Now to the episode. You mentioned before one of the common questions that you get, which is like from strangers on the internet, like, am I currently pregnant? Um, I'm curious if there's anything else that you're seeing a lot of um, of just like the most common questions, aka the things that most people didn't learn growing up. Yeah, we we don't get uh, a lot of these as much anymore. But I think like in the last couple years, definitely like, am I pregnant or some form of that was like number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two was like, kind of to your point before of like, am I normal, but it came in the form of, am I masturbating too much? Or like questions around masturbation of like, how do I masturbate? What does this look like? Like, what's wrong with me if I masturbate too much or I can't stop masturbating? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and more often than not, the response to that is kind of like, okay, like number one, masturbation is a very healthy thing for most people. And like the thing that you might be experiencing is like stigma and shame around, you know, messages that came from culture, religion, parents, um, media, kind of friends, like whoever you kind of have uh, been receiving these messages from. And like for most people, like masturbation is a really wonderful thing. Um, And I kind of have this like follow up of questions that I usually ask of like, okay, well, here's your checklist. Like, are you foregoing responsibilities like work or school or taking care of children to masturbate? And most people are like, no, I'm not doing that. It's like, okay, check. Uh, or can you, you shift your work and responsibilities so that masturbation is a part of it? <laughs> that's now that's something. And we'll talk about that later. Um, and then number yeah, two. So is it getting in the way of work and life? Right. Is it getting in the work, way of work and life? And then secondly, it's like, okay, well, are you like hurting yourself? Like, do you physically feel like pain um, while you're masturbating? And people are like, well, no, well, I feel like guilty. It's like, okay, that's kind of like part of the like, stigma and shame thing like that requires a lot of unlearning and it takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. but are you physically hurting yourself or physically hurting other people and it's like oh no okay check and then the third thing is kind of like are you doing this in private like are you doing this kind of like in the privacy of your own space so that you're not like doing it in front of other people or you know making other people feel uncomfortable um unless it's a space provided for that Exactly. Um, And usually, again, the answer is no. Check, check, check. Yeah. And then typically what I respond to that is like, go to town, like have a ball, 
you know, it's important for us to like engage in pleasure and masturbation in order for us to feel like we know what's good and like feels good in our bodies to feel like more confident. You know, it, there's research that shows that menstruation for people with uteruses can help relieve period cramps, uh, can help you sleep, can make you happier by, you know, increasing your endorphins, um, your dopamine. And so I think that that's usually like the the second most common, fo- like some in some form uh, of question that we get. Yeah, the the added layer that I get to that, I think with clients and things is folks whose religious preferences have taught them that it's not okay, you know, right. and then that, that can be a tough one with adults I work with because it's like, okay, I want to help them live the kind of life they want based on the values that are important to them. And what if it comes into conflict with like, now they feel shitty about themselves because there's all this shame. And I know that sexual health and pleasure is so important for our humanity and our survival. And, and this sort of like holding this um, dissonance, I guess, yeah. of, of those two things. And um, sometimes with that, I, I will gently challenge like stories that they've been told in their, uh, whether it's in the Bible or in the Torah and, and, you know, things like that. Cause sometimes people have misinterpretations of things and, or I'll connect them with like a sex educator or, you know, coach that specializes in, in sort of like their specific spiritual practice or religion um, that also does sex ed to help them. Yeah. Help them connect with that. Cause that's, that's a hard one. Cause in my head, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but then they have a value that's telling them there is. And mm-hmm. that's such a hard one for me because it's like, I want to give them so much permission um, and they don't want all the permission. It's tricky. I agree. I mean, I I do think like that's where, like you said, um, the challenging or like unlearning of these things uh, come into play because it has taken your whole life for you to internalize these things. Imagine how long it will take you to unlearn them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so ain't I that think, true like, for all the things we're working on in therapy and why it takes so long. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a practice. Right. And I think like the more and more we really listen to the fact that like you deserve pleasure, like whatever kind of mantra or like phrase is helpful for you to like look yourself in the mirror every day and tell yourself mm-hmm. i think that is a really helpful tool to really be able to internalize these positive messages instead of the negative ones that we've been taught our whole lives yeah i don't know what what you think about this but to me i think one of the main issues and i say this about like porn and other stuff is just that we're not teaching young people critical thinking mm. and like informed consent I guess, like I just remember in school and not just in like sex ed or lack of that. So many of the things I learned were just like memorization. Mm-hmm. It was all just like memorize this Pythagorean theorem or like, you know, I can't even remember the things because they didn't stick. Right. There was, it was just like memorizing so I could pass the test mm-hmm. um, as opposed to teaching us not just memorizing these things, but teaching us real critical thinking to get all the information, all the things to, to critically think. And, and like I said, figure out sort of informed choices for ourselves. And that's what I think is missing like across the board in lots of education, because to me, when we do emphasize critical thinking and informed consent and making intentional choices, we're teaching young people and adults to be able to look at these things and look at them differently. So for the example of porn, right? A lot of people scapegoat porn. Um, and to me, the issue is like not having comprehensive sex ed and not having 
critical thinking, right? So when people send these messages to you, like if they had been taught more, I think like critical thinking to be able to look at things in a, a broader way, that would solve a lot. Because then when people are interacting with the internet and whatever great things or bullshit is on there, they could be like, hmm, well, where's this site coming from? Like, am I looking at this? Have I checked these resources? Like to make an informed choice about what is the information I'm taking in so they can find these answers for themselves. Right. Totally. Yes. And I think in sex ed, that is where role-playing is Mm. really a great tactic to be Mm. like, okay, we're talking about healthy relationships, right? Like you're going to play these two parts and like fill in the blanks here. And like, let's kind of reflect on like what we're thinking about boundaries and the way that we want to ask someone that we're interested in something um, like how do different people say those things? And you don't really know how it's going to feel to say them or to think about these things critically yeah. until you're doing it. And so like, there's a lot of research that shows that, you know, role-playing, um, especially I think in sex ed, uh, can really help prepare somebody, uh, for that actual experience. Like once it comes about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to circle back because I'm trying to think of like, I'm like, what's a good segue for this? I'm like, I want to talk more about masturbation. So let's just segue into it. (laughs) But you mentioned a lot of people reach out because they're like, am I masturbating too much? Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that you have talked about in your work um, doing some personal masturbation experiments, uh, specifically with the magic wand. Um, So let's challenge that too much thing and go to experimenting with sex tools. Great. Oh, tell me about your magic magic experiments with the magic wand. I would love to. Yeah. Um, so this happened uh, a couple months back now, but I think that it was one of the coolest things that I've uh, ever done, question mark. I don't know, like professionally for sure. Um, but essentially, I worked with one of our really great sponsors who is Magic Wand, the iconic Magic Wand, um, to come up with an experiment, uh, a masturbation experiment. And this was the the research question, just mm-hmm. so we're kind of all like on the same page with how we're starting here. Okay. I wanted to know, what is the impact of daily magic wand use on my health and wellness, as well as my sexual experience when compared to regular sexual activity and no sexual activity? And so for consistency, I knew that in order to get the best results, I needed to use one single method. And me being a magic wand user for many, many years now, the original is like my gal. Like that's Mm -hmm. like if I want to reach orgasm, I know that I'm going to be able to do that with a magic wand in sometimes a matter of seconds, mostly in a matter of minutes. Um, And yeah, I just think that it's, it's a really fantastic toy. And it's one of the most beloved toys of all time for a reason. And so, you know, what I really wanted to know, in addition to that major research question is like, are there real positive, tangible impacts here of daily masturbation? And how can pleasure really influence other areas of my life? Like, could it actually have an impact on my overall health and wellness and my Mm -hmm. sexual experience? And so just to briefly tell you, like, the, you know, how the experiment went down, um, I decided that the project should be a total of three weeks. The first week was abstinence week, so no sexual activity whatsoever. Uh, The second week was treatment week, quote unquote. And so I used the magic wand every day. And no sexual activity even with with self. 
Yes. So for abstinence week, like zero sexual activity by myself, zero with a partner, zero with a magic wand. And you're defining it mostly by like genital erogenous zone stimulation. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, there's so many ways I can have sex. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to stick to that because I'm like eating this food is like sex or like listening (laughs) to this book, you know, (laughs) like I'm I'm always having sex. (laughs) That's a good clarification. Yeah. No, uh, like touching of erogenous zones in a sexual way or genital region, uh, no reaching orgasm. Uh, those, those were kind of the ways that I, I followed that. And then the second week was treatment week. So I used the magic wand every day. Treatment. By myself. <laughs> treatment. Pleasure treatment. I know. Pretty cool. Um, uh, with or without my partner. So sometimes I was masturbating alone or sometimes if I was having sex with my partner, we would use the magic wand at some point in our sexual activity. She's hysterical. The- Give her treatment. <laughs> she. Ne- this woman needs help. Um, <laughs> and then the third week was quote unquote regular week. So regular sexual activity with and without the magic wand and with and without my partner. So however a typical week would look like for me. And then every day during the experiment, literally every single day out of the 21 days, I recorded measures on 27 variables uh, that included stress, anxiety, productivity, mood, horniness, orgasm experience, and more. And then at the end of the three weeks, my team and I analyzed the results by noting changes in each variable over time. And that is some scholarly slutty experiment right there. Yes, exactly. It was the definition of a slutty scholarly <laughs> experiment. And yeah, if you if it sounds good, like I have four major key takeaways that I can yeah. share. Oh, please. And then, and then if you want to like read the whole experiment, it, it actually has amazing uh, illustrations throughout it by Ojoy Sex Toy. And it was just really great being able to work with them to be like, how can we like spice this up um, and make this, no pun intended, and make this uh, article kind of more legible and make it so like the lay reader would be excited about an actual scientific experiment. Yeah. Um, even if it is single subject, right? Like it, it definitely is an experiment, a legitimate experiment. And so the key takeaways that I found were when using the magic wand every day, I experienced less stress, anxiety, and physical tension. Uh, I also reported more frequent positive moods when using the magic wand every day, including higher levels of confidence. My orgasms came faster and were more enjoyable when I used the magic wand every day. And my level of horniness, this is the most surprising one to me, increased over time rather than decreased when yeah, using like the, the magic wand Yeah, like the more you have, the more you have. Kinda. Exactly. Like more is more. Mm-hmm. Um, although I was really surprised by that. I kind of assumed like well, if I'm forcing myself to engage in this masturbation experiment every day, then like my body won't be as excited because I am mentally not really there. But I, you know, through the reports showed that like I actually was getting hornier over time, which yeah, was was a surprise to me. But yeah, those are the, the key takeaways. And if if you do want to read kind of more, uh, go to sexedwithdb.com slash magic wand experiment. Um, and you can kind of read all the details. We have tons of graphs and like bar charts and just like all of this really great stuff yeah. in order to convey the results. Yeah. And if you are one of our esteemed listeners who is a researcher at an institution, like please get this passed to the IRB so we can have it be like even more people. And, you know, oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't want to get flashbacks to my PhD program, but like inter-rater reliability and other, you know, whatever things need to happen for, for it to be taken even more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm, I'm taking the results seriously, but you know what I mean? Like, I think we, we need more of this in a, 
in even more uh, research institution ways. Yes, exactly. And I actually chatted with a professor and researcher named Dr. Candace Nicole Hargens, and she and I chatted about, you know, because she is a a Black woman who does research specifically on uh, essentially like Black people's pleasure and masturbation. Mm. And it's a it's a very understudied. Oh, she uh, sounds great. I'll have to check her out. She's amazing. She is uh, an award-winning associate professor of counseling uh, psychology at the University of Kentucky. Um, and yeah, she's oh, just... Oh no, Kentucky again. <laughs> I know, but she's helping. Um, yeah, she's but, helping. But yeah, she's awesome. And she and I kind of talked through, you know, what would it be like to kind of like do this on a larger scale and like use the magic wand and and mm-hmm. for people to be tracking the same variables that I was tracking. And actually in the article, if you're listening and you want to do the same thing, we have a template for you that you can go and download and sign up for. Um, And so, yeah, I I just really loved being able to do this. And it it was really tough, like while I was going through it of like, wow, this is like an hour a day that I'm kind of adding to my workload to kind of be like, okay, really? Like, let me tune in with myself. Because in addition to that, I did... uh, vlogging like a minute a day of vlogging Mm -hmm. like this is how I'm feeling this is kind of like a highlight of what I talked about um I talked about where I'm at with my cycle and how my like you know period or lack thereof was like affecting my mood or Mm, you know because that's another variable there yes exactly so there's just so much to it and I really enjoyed doing it yeah I mean it's so cool (laughs) thank you you did that um and it, it you know I'm not giving like data of clients and things because I don't have all the like numbers, but I would say like this is reflective of what works for for clients of mine, right? The some of the key things you were saying. And one of the main ones I want to highlight is the hour that you spent a day. Mm-hmm. Right. I have so many folks who are, whether they're struggling to orgasm or struggling to have the kind of sex they want or want more pleasure, want more connection, and they're just like not dedicating time mm-hmm. to it. And I know it's frustrating and hard and we're not taught, you know, this, but it sucks to feel like, oh, I have to do this as part of my to-do list. Right. Um, But like, yeah, look at all the studies that say, you know, there's different approaches, but like you need 10,000 hours to become great at something, you know, whatever it is. Like think of anything else in your life that you have had to become better at, whether that be like driving or whatever your job is or something that you do for a hobby. Like how long did that take? And so the fact that you're like, yeah, it was a dedication of an hour a day, like that is what's needed potentially for folks, you know, to have a significant amount of hours that they are dedicating to like grow this muscle. Um, totally. And a lot of folks just don't. And, and yeah. there's only so much I can do for them because I'm like, we have an hour a week or hour, two hours a week talking about this stuff. But if you're not doing pleasure practices more frequently, the return of interest is going to be small. Right. And I think there's a difference between, right, like spontaneous and responsive desire. Right. And so I think there is this expectation that like, oh, I should just like feel this. Like I should just feel naturally horned up and excited and like wanting to masturbate. (laughs) And like what I recommend for people, and I'm sure like you've had this conversation many times, is like pick up any like spicy romance novel or like, you know, listen to 15 minutes of Dipsy, which is like audio erotica. And yes. like use discount really- code SNS. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, they're they're great. Um, and I think like, you know, if you 
really take us just like 10 minutes to just engage in something that might spark something for you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you needing to do that before your practice. And I think that mm-hmm. getting in the habit of doing something like that can make you feel like, oh, I'm looking forward to this rather than, oh, this is a chore. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm so glad that the magic wand is your girl <laughs> and yeah. um, the magic wand isn't everyone's girl. Totally. So like doesn't, you know, find your, find your hand, find a toy that works for you, like find a tool that, that is doable for you. Um, and some of us don't necessarily know if that tool, a lot of times when people try a new toy or a tool, I find that it takes them time to actually sensitize to it. Um, a lot of people can sometimes just take it right out the box if you're like quite practiced and you're like, I figured it out right away. Right. But for folks who are new to this, like you might get a new toy or tool, even the esteemed magic wand and be like, what I'm not heck? feeling anything. This ain't it. Whatever. Like give yourself a couple of weeks to like really try it out um, and really figure it out. Cause sometimes it takes time to like get used to a new sensation mm-hmm. um, and sensitize to it. Totally. And I'm glad you said that about the magic wand. Cause I've heard feedback from my friends of like, Whoa, that, that powerful girl, she's, she's too much for me. And I'm like, that totally <laughs> You're like, sense. she's not enough for me. <laughs> I know. I just love, I mean, it's great. I love it. Yeah. But I do, totally. you know, everyone has different anatomy. Everyone has different yeah. labia minora and majora and uh, different like sensitivity on their clitoris. And so yeah. I think it really does depend on the person. And I do like totally. the idea of like experimentation, even yeah. if it's not as formal as what I did. Um, even if it's like, okay, on Monday, I'm going to try this toy on Tuesday, this toy. And I'm just yeah. going to like feel the difference and see, see what I like. Yeah. Yeah. The, for me, the magic wand, like I've, I've liked it. Um, but if I don't take enough time beforehand and if I don't use what I call the, uh, What's the uh, the Betty Dodson rock and roll technique? If you don't know Betty Dodson, look her up, founder of Body Sex, rest in peace. Um, but uh, Carlin Ross now runs uh, runs Body Sex. But there's like an approach where you're not holding the wand vibration on yourself the whole time. You're sort of like pulling back and then putting on it. So if for me, if I like go right into the wand, I find my orgasms to be like, they're nice, but they're kind of like, 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 yeah, like there's not enough build versus if I like spend a lot of time like doing teasing work or like before or not just holding the wand on, then it's a lot more um feeling. Mm-hmm. So again, just a, more evidence of everybody is different. See totally. what works for you. But yeah. some people need that intense stimulation the whole time. So right. you can use the wand in all kinds of ways. <laughs> sure can. Sure can. Yeah. And like you said, I think, and, and it really depends on like, the kind of orgasm that you're looking for. Like for yeah. me, when I feel like, oh, I'm using my hand, like maybe it's a little less intense, but maybe I like how long it lasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with certain toys, it's a little bit more, you know, buzzy and at a certain area, but maybe it lasts a little less time. Yeah. So like appreciate all of your gasms for all all that they are. Yeah, there's a, a gasm for every every moment. <laughs> right. And that's like every situation. We need a we need we need a good sexual version of that. Slutty scholars, guess what I just did? A sexy wrestling class for lovers. 
Okay, let me explain. So my partner and I are gearing up for Valentine's Day and we've been feeling a little disconnected lately. Even though I do sex therapy and education for a living, I still have to put in the work to maintain connection as we all do. Something that really helps us is Beducated. Beducated is the biggest pleasure-based sex ed resource in the world with 100 plus courses covering everything from self-pleasure to kink exploration. If you sign up for Beducated now and use code S&S, you'll get 50 percent off the yearly pass. So my partner and I, we take turns picking a video from Beducated, and today we chose Play Fighting, Wrestling for Lovers by a friend and past podcast guest, Lola Jean. Y'all know I love to be playful, and this was a super fun class that helped us to learn how to do some sexy wrestling more safely and to gain more fun, trust, communication, and connection with each other. It was awesome. They have classes for singles and partnered folks, and it's a great Valentine's gift, but I encourage you to lean into a pleasure practice on all the days of the year. So go check out Beducated now at beducated.com. That's B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, beducated.com, and use code S&S to get 50% off the yearly pass. You can even have a 24-hour free trial period, and they also offer a generous 14-day money-back guarantee. Beducated is also an amazing sponsor of our upcoming live show, Afternoon Delight. So if you're coming to the show, let me know how your Beducated classes are going. Beducated.com and discount code S&S. The link is also in the episode description. Now to the episode. Um, well, Danielle, it's been awesome talking to you. Um, how can folks, you, you mentioned some of the ways that they can do this masturbation experiment for themselves. Um, how can people get in touch, listen to your podcast? Absolutely. Um, our podcast is Sex Ed with DB on all podcasting platforms. You're probably listening on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or a different fun one. So uh, check us out if you like my voice and are interested in hearing uh, over 180 episodes that we have, um, which is really, really great. Um, if you're on Instagram, we're at Sex Ed with DB Podcast on TikTok and Twitter at Sex Ed with DB. Uh, and yeah, please like go to our website, sexedwithdb.com send us an email, sexedwithdb at gmail.com. And again, go to our experiment, which is sexedwithdb.com slash magic wand experiment to learn a bit bit more about my magic wand experiment and to read all of the fun, juicy details. It's science. It's science. It truly is. (laughs) Thank you. And listeners, again, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, sometimes on X, Twitter, whatever, at Sluts Scholars. You can listen anywhere anywhere you get your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and review and talk to you next week. Thank you, Danielle. Sluts and Scholars, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show.